This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first. Welcome to Nursing in America. I am your host, Tanya Friedman, Chief Executive Officer here at Kinetics USA. I've invited Luciana De Silva to be the guest host for a few episodes. She'll be speaking with nurses now living in America to figure out what life is really like. Enjoy. Today I'm speaking with Josephine. She is from a city four hours south of Manila in the Philippines, but now lives and works here in the U.S. I haven't really been able to interview anybody who's who had kids that came here from abroad too. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. How did you go about finding them a school? Let's start with uh, let's start with your youngest because obviously okay. twenty one year olds going to college. Yeah, know? he's in college. He's in his work. He is studying in FEU online. So he's in he, he's here, but he's studying online in FEU. So when my children came, I have to go to the to the school county. Um, there's a website for school and then you have to just find the, the requirements. And what I did is I actually called the, the district and I asked them, hey, my kids are coming uh, from the Philippines and what are the needed uh, requirements? So they asked for the birth certificate. They asked, they would actually ask you for, for the report. Um, uh, what do you, the, like a transcript. You can ask that from the school. And if you don't have transcript, just tell them like it's going to, you know, you're going to follow it up and send it to them. They would ask how old is that child. Um, You're going to fill up some paperwork online and they're going to guide you about it. They're going to give you an instruction. Um, Don't be scared. Um, You don't have to, uh, like for the Filipino people, you don't have to bring uh, the, you know, the transcript of your child to DFA. Because now they accept all of, even the birth certificate, they accept um, anything that came from the Philippines. I think there is, what do you call this uh, agreement? Uh, Apollo? The Apostille. Yes, that's it. So Philippines is part of it. And you don't have to bring your papers from uh, to DFA just to be, you know, to present it here. They will accept you the papers. Uh, yeah. And how is the, uh, what, what has it been like for your kids going to school in American schools? What is their feedback? What do they tell you and how do you feel about it? Oh, they will, because the school that my kids went to before is in Macon. So, you know, Macon, the children are rough also. <laughs> so they were like surprised, like, mama, why does the kids here in Macon don't respect the teacher? I said, but of course, I said, okay, don't don't imitate them. Just be respectful with older people. You know, in the Philippines, we always have this uh, culture to respect uh, the elderly or those who are older than us. So that's what I told them. Um, luckily, like my child was uh, my 14 year year old. She doesn't want, one time she doesn't want to go to school, I think, because, oh, she's going to. She's going to be mad with me if I tell what happened. But, okay. But then COVID came 
Because they came December, I think, December, and they started school January or Feb. So just like for a few months and then COVID came and then they go online. So it's better <laughs> for them. Yeah. So now, but we're going to be transferring here in Warner Robins. I think uh, I have a good feedback. The children are better. So <laughs> I hope they have a good experience. And what about your 21-year-old? Is already applying to college or what? Yeah, he is. He's doing online studies uh, in FEU in Far, uh, Far Eastern University in the Manila. But he is doing online. So what he is doing is he is awake in the night and he is sleeping here in the morning. <laughs> so it's hard, but I have to, you know... When he goes, uh, he, he came here like December and then he has to go back to the Philippines on January, I think. He has to come back within, I think, six months, right? Because if you have a green card, if your child is in the, um, you know, have a green card and, we're, and going to study in the Philippines, they have to come back every six months or else they're going to be questioned in the immigration. So anyways, COVID came and he was able to come back, I think, August. So it's past the six months, but they didn't question it because of COVID. And I have to really like tell him he wants to stay in the Philippines. You know, I said, no, I have to take you to the U.S. back here in the U.S. because you don't know when the COVID will, you know, will end. You have to be here because I don't want your, your, you know, your green card to expire because it's really hard before. Remember, like in March when the first wave came, March last year, I think. Yeah. That's <laughs> I so time ago. <laughs> yeah, I said it's a lifetime, but but then he got used to you know studying online. But I was encouraging him to just study nursing here, but he don't, doesn't want to take the SAT and IELTS anymore. He said he just wanna wanna finish the the school in the Philippines. So I said okay, and I told him like you're gonna have okay, the government will give you $500, you know, things like <laughs> encouraging. He said, mama, I don't have a, I don't want to have a student loan. Okay. <laughs> so I still pay for his, his uh, tuition though in the Philippines. <laughs> but it's definitely, I bet more affordable than the tuition in the United States. Yes. It's cheaper. Actually it's, it's cheaper. So I said, okay, he, she, he's going to graduate nursing next year. Hopefully, because they're not able to meet, you know, do the clinicals really, like the actual going to the bedside. I said, how are we going to learn <laughs> how to care for the patient if you're not going bedside? Mm -hmm. I don't know when this pandemic will end, but I hope it ends soon because my son is going to be a nurse and I'm for sure he's going to he's going to work here. But he wants to be in California. I said, oh, you should stay here in Georgia. I told him because you have free lodging. You're going to be with mama. <laughs> right. And he's like, so I anyways, he still wants to be in California. <laughs> he still wants to be in California. I said, okay. <laughs> he's like, have fun in California. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of Asian in California, right? Yeah. There most are. of my Filipino friends are there. Yeah. In Northern California, especially in the, in the Bay area. Um, uh -huh. Huge, huge Asian population there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, all over California because it's it's the closest to to Asia, you know? So like all the yeah, yeah, yeah. end up on the East Coast and all the Asians. End I think up they have, yeah, they have never experienced Georgia though. 
George is wonderful. Um, but, <laughs> but you know what you were just talking about, like the bedside experience. Talk to me uh-huh. about the difference between clinically speaking, um, the Philippines versus Qatar versus the United States, clinically speaking, what, what are the differences there? Well, when I was in the Philippines, um, I think like the doctors are really have respect with nurses also. Um, they listen to what the, you know, what the nurses thinks. Um, Qatar is like, I could, you know, I could really like see the difference between the Middle East and, you know, the U.S. Because in Qatar, uh, doctors, you cannot just say, doctor, this is what I think. This is what, you know, this is like my suggestion. You cannot do that. In, the, in Qatar, they're going to shout at you. I think when I was there, I, I patients and doctors, I think, think that we are <laughs> slaves. No. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, you cannot even suggest, because, you know, suggest like treatments or, you know, any intervention. Like a doctor, I think, like, no. Here in the U.S., it's better. You can really speak with the doctor, they listen to you. They know you're you're watching the patient 12 hours a day. So you know better, like your observation is very important to them. They will listen to you. You can, you know, you can give suggestions and doctors are, doctor here, especially the residents, I'm sorry, they might see this, <laughs> but most of them are really not, are, are not really not reading the patient's files. And you, as a nurse here, you can tell them. I have I have said that in my first interview. You can suggest. Are you sure? I can. I actually say that to the resident. Are you sure you want to do this? Cause, <laughs> cause like this is this is the patient has like kidney failure, and you know if we're gonna add more potassium, she might he might you know have elevated potassium, like things like that. So. Um, Doctors are like great here. They really give nurses um, a good, um, they, we have a good rapport with the doctors. They, um, they are really, um, they really like, the nurses here are highly respected. You would love it here because this is what you see in theoretically in the books, you know, what you read in the books theoretically, like, why do I have to study this? Why do I have to study this, like fundamentals of nursing and everything? Because here in the U.S., you really can practice that. You can really like, if you are intelligent, you are knowledgeable, the doctors will listen to you. And you can, you know, you can even tell them like, doctor, this is what I think. I think we should do this and do that and do that. And, you know, they will listen unless they don't like your suggestions, <laughs> they will tell you also. <laughs> I don't think that is a good idea. They will not shout at you. They will tell you, oh, Josephine, I think that's not a good idea because I think like this and this and this and that. So, okay, doctor, that would that's, that's a better plan, right? It's collaborate here. You can you can experience the word collaboration when you when you care for the patients. You collaborate with the doctors. You collaborate with all the healthcare um, team. As a nurse, you are you know you you're the patient you're the patient advocate, right? So you can collaborate with everybody, and everybody listens to you. You are the the manager of. <laughs> the unit the doctors will listen to you everybody 
Well, the idea uh, for, for many cultures and it's, you know, I understand it's like this in the Philippines, but also uh, many other Asian cultures and, and in places um, such as Africa, it's the same that that the culture here in terms of like being assertive, speaking your mind, mm-hmm. that, that do, do you feel a difference with that, too? And, and have you learned because you seem pretty assertive and outspoken anyway, but <laughs> you that change. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, here you would feel that you're a very important part of the team. You kind of just like sit there and like mumble to yourself, like this is what I think. Because, you know, culture, like in, I don't know which part of the world, what your culture is, but it's really different here. You, as what you said, you can speak your mind. You can tell them why. So, Tell them the background or, or tell them what did this, the, you know, the bar, the, okay, the situation, the background, you can apply it here and you will tell the doctor, doctor, this is what is the patient told me. This is the, okay, these are the symptoms. This is what is happening now. And you can both, both of you can arrive in, you know, in a decision like, okay, we should start um, passive pressure or something. And and then you will, okay, doctor, what do you think is the best this and this and that? You know, it's according to patient symptoms because you would, both of you would coordinate with each other, talk talk to each other, tell the doctor the symptoms and voila, you have a good <laughs> doctor's order. <laughs> well, I think it's just that they have someone like like you there to help that, that, you know, you have such a background and you know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. No, at first, okay. So the at first, there's a, there's a lot of barrier that would come when you come here, especially the language, because when you come from certain part of the world, there there is um we have a certain accent, and it's hard, and it's hard to really, you know, you you grown from that community, or you this is your culture from since you were born, so your accent, whatever you do, sometimes would. We just come out from somewhere, <laughs> even though you practice like good, you know, good speaking, but it will come out. Sometimes patients won't, won't understand, especially when I came here, I was working in Qatar and I told them like, I was working in Qatar and we cannot speak straight English because when you, you speak straight English, they're not going to, they're not going to understand. So like, when I said to the driver, like, okay, brother, you should not pick me up. Um, I'm extending my work. I'm over time. Do not pick me up. They will not understand that. You could just say, brother, do not come. No come, no come. So imagine that, <laughs> imagine the transition from, we call it in the Philippines, English carabao, like you, <laughs> you make the English very simple. And then you come here and you have to speak straight English or else nobody will understand you. And sometimes when I came here at first, so since I speak also some Arabic, you know, I have to, sometimes I would like to answer the patient Arabic and and then the English would be like, oh, what is the English for that? You know, you, you, you have to search from your mind, like what's the English for that? I forgot. So it's going to be, uh, transition it's going to be a long long adjustment but be patient talk to a lot of people talk to to them okay um and then if you don't understand what they say 
just be kind with it. Uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Or especially if you're usually doctors would just give you orders in the phone. So what, whatever you, when you get an order, be sure to repeat it to the doctor, write it down and then tell the doctor, doctor, I just want to confirm, is this what you said? Or is this the dosage? And then repeat it to the doctor and you have to confirm because sometimes a doctor don't understand you as well. It's like, it's just a dual <laughs> mis miscommunication that's happening. So you have to, before I was like, I will call the doctor and the doctor will tell me blah, 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 blah. Okay, doctor, but I really don't understand. <laughs> I was, because I came from Qatar and I was scared to talk to the doctor. It took me a while to learn that it's okay. It's doctor is just, you know, we're all professionals. We're all the same, right? So it took me a while. I have to call back the doctor. Doctor, what did you, is this what you say again? Because, you know, like my preceptor would say, are you sure this is what he said? Because this is not the medicine for, for that. <laughs> so I have to call back. So lesson number one, repeat what the doctor's, the doctor order is and I know there's a lot of people who get into trouble without, you know, because of this miscommunications. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. What is your favorite English slang that you've learned? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, Y'all. <laughs> oh, have a good one. <laughs> I don't know what slang. I don't know. Um, I cannot think of anything now. But, you know, I like to just, not to slang, but I like, hey, how, um, have a good one. That's it. I've learned that have a good one means have a good one. <laughs> have a good day. Um, I cannot think of any slang. Um, or even just think. like colloquialisms that, that you've heard. So people are saying, uh, have a good one. Or do you notice that if you say, hi, how are you? Do they, you know, say, good, how are you? Like, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody here is very friendly. They always say hi. Even like my mom, when she came here, hey, you know what? That lady in the neighbor just say hi to me and I don't know her mom. I told her mama that's, I mean, that's how it goes in here. Everybody say hi. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, have a good one. They say when they, I've learned that. Like when I wrote, like I'm in the elevator going to work and I would go out of the elevator and they would say, have a good one. So I, I got that. <laughs> now I tell everybody, have a good one. <laughs> that's very Georgia. <laughs> yeah, that's very Georgia. And you, yeah, all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've talked to a few that are also in the South and they're like, y'all, y'all, like y'all, yeah, y'all, that's it. <laughs> You're doing good. You're getting very Georgia, right? But here in Georgia, it's really, I think in California, it's, it's you know, it's easier to adjust because 
I think as they say it's easier, like they understand, you know, the way we speak, probably they're more exposed with Asians. But here, when I came here, like some would look at me and then open their mouth while I speak. So it's really like uh, awkward, <laughs> like uh, awkward, right? Then when I was, when I am speaking, like uh, uh, they're doing this and I said, oh, shucks, they don't understand. <laughs> so I have to talk very slow. Like, okay, how are you feeling right now? Like, things like that. Because if I speak the way I'm speaking now, they won't understand. Maybe I was thinking like, oh, they, you know, when you came to the room, the first time you come to the room, oh, shucks, it's Asian. I will not, maybe they have this, you know, <laughs> thinking like, I will not understand her. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Like, just speak slowly. And don't be don't be embarrassed to to ask your colleagues like how do you say this how do you say that you know so that you know people would understand you better. Um, and when I came here, also when when they're telling a joke, I would laugh with them, but actually I don't understand. <laughs> it's just so. <laughs> It's international. Or, yeah, <laughs> or what I do is like, if somebody like tells a joke and you didn't get it, just just laugh and get out of the room. <laughs> cut to your patient, cut to your patient better. <laughs> have you, have you dealt, because you, know, you were saying that you walk in and you're an Asian in the room. Have you dealt with prejudices or anything like that? Yes. Uh, you would feel sometimes that they don't really like you. Yeah. They, they, some, you, you cannot, you know, even in the Middle East, you would feel that, but, you know, you just have to prove to them that you're a good nurse. Talk to them, be there. Um, most of the time, I know like when I, oh, this patient does not like me, but then I have to be the, you know, the good nurse. Do you want some water or your pain medication is due in 30 minutes? Do you want me to? to give it to you how's your pain right now how's your life you know just be efficient just show them that you're efficient that you're you're not what they maybe think or i don't know but i know that the most patients would tell me like you know what i like asian nurses because because they're very good nurses they're they're, yeah well you have good training and and you're yeah we have actually we have good training i think it's i think it's it's rooted with uh uh, the fact that we we have high respect with you know the the elders and those people that is um, like patients uh, you know the respect that we have for those people we we're not saying that uh, okay you know some nurses here would say oh, I don't know that just let you know just let her be like that no I have to go there and ask why oh that patient just keeps on calling he just wants attention. Don't listen to just be just be who you are as a nurse. Don't no don't copy your your colleagues because just show them what kind of a um, Filipino nurses are. Don't you know? Don't change that <laughs> that how they envision us because uh, I know that you know we work hard and when we when we work we really care for our patients. That's what that's what I know because I have been working with. Actually, I'm a program manager and I have like a lot of Filipino nurses. 
Well, because that's the people who applies. So, but, you know, I know that like when, I don't know, but for me, like, I know it's, if it's a Filipino, they really like will care for the patient and care for their job. Absolutely. It's, but also, I hire other people, of course. <laughs> yeah, and and there's there's a huge huge population of Filipino nurses here. Um, you know that that are. Oh all, yeah, in California. And yeah. yeah, well, just just all over the United States. I think that there's some sort of statistic, like six percent or something, of nurses in the United States are from the Philippines. It's, uh-huh. it's something. It's something like that. Now we um so. My company, Kinetics, we do uh, direct hire. So we get the nurse and the family green cards before they come to the United oh. States. So the family as well. Then you come to the United States and, and you're a direct hire. So it's like a direct employee of the company. Uh-huh. So you get the same pay and benefits and everything else as an nurse. And there's only like, I think like two companies that that do it that way. And so the, the process for everyone coming, depending on the company that you work with is different and, and how you, how you arrive. Okay. <laughs> but just to, I know that you, we got to be going here in a minute, but um, just to, to, you know, if you could give one piece of advice, one, one advice. One advice. So I was like thinking of this. So I was driving. So what advice that I could, this is the advice that I give to, to all my friends in the Middle East. Some, some of you would be discouraged, like, because, you know, it's a, it's a hard work going here. So what I told, like I told my friend is, okay, your main goal is to be in the U.S., but in the U.S., there's a lot of steps to go through. So my advice is take Take it one step at a time. So your first goal, NPLEX. Okay, your first goal is NPLEX. Don't think about IELTS. Don't think about visa screen. Don't think of anything else. Your main goal for now, for now is to pass the NPLEX. But for, for you to be able to do that, you have to take that first leap of faith. You have to take that first step. Move forward. Move your feet forward, your foot forward. And do that. You know, you cannot go anywhere without, you know, stepping up. You have to move. Um, have have faith in God. Have faith in yourself. Um, if you don't pass the antlex the first time you take it, take it again. There's nobody stopping you from taking it. It's 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 not. It doesn't say you're a failure. There might be. You have to just before you take the next antlex. You have to think about what what happened. Why did I did not pass the first the the NPLEX? So you might think, did I did I study hard? Did I put much attention to it? Did I read the right books? Did I you know enroll in the right review center? So you learn from it. Then move on. Don't don't get don't get um, you know frustrated about it. No. Just go and move on. And then after you pass the NFLEX, then you, you move to, you know, focus now on the IELTS. Review, review and review and review. Um, watch as much as English movies as you can. And eventually you will pass. I remember like when I repeat my, uh, my IELTS, I was not good in speaking actually because I was in Qatar at that time. 
So my my listening was nine, and then my uh, writing, uh, my reading was eight point five, and then eight for writing, and then six point five in speaking. Because it's really difficult for me. Yeah, when I was in the in Qatar, I was not really speaking good English. But now I am really, you know, I have to deal with it with a lot of people. I have to talk to a lot of people, learn, learn to be confident. I know, uh, like in my culture, like if you speak like this, you are tagged as, we call ma'arte. Don't mind them. Don't listen. Just speak. Just speak as like this. This is normal here. I mean, just learn. And that's it. That's a advice I could give. Just, you know, move forward. Keep that one foot, one step, one foot forward and go and go like a ladder. And then when you, when you look up, I'm there. You're, you're in the U.S. And it's another journey. Yes, it's another journey. When you come here, you're going to have to do some adjustments but it's all going to go well. I promise you, you're going to have, you're not going to regret being here. It's, it's, it's really what they call the American dream. This is it. Come here. <laughs> Just go, <laughs> go dream and make it a reality. Just to make it a reality, you go have to step on, move forward, put your foot forward. And don't stop and don't look back. Just go. I love it. I love that piece of advice. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's nice talking to you. Too. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and hit the follow button on your podcast player and leave us a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work here in the USA. We offer direct hire, meaning you will be sponsored and hired directly by American healthcare facilities. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more incredible conversations.